We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's deputy editor and podcast host, and each episode I'll be catching up with chefs, cookery writers, and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about the specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks, and shortcuts. I'm delighted to welcome Lucy Hall back to the podcast today. Lucy is a gardening writer, editor and presenter who's passionate about growing her own food. She edited our sister magazine, Gardener's World, for 10 years, so there isn't a gardening question she can't answer. Welcome, Lucy. Oh, there's a promise. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking that earlier, but but it's it's a promise that you can keep. Thank you again for braving the snow, train strikes and icy streets to come into our studio and chat. I've asked you in, in the depths of winter to come and talk about gardening, which sounds a bit mad because rookies like me might not realise that gardening doesn't actually stop once the freezing weather comes in. In fact, your first point is that the best summer food starts right now. So tell us a bit about that and tell us a bit about planning for that winter gardening. Yeah, that's right. Yes, it is a slower time of year, you know, in every way. Things don't really grow in the depths of winter, but that's okay. You can have imagination and you can be creative. And it's just the best time of year to start thinking and dreaming. And think of your garden as an outdoor larder. That's your start point. You know, what do you want to plunder every day? Because with good planning, you can have something to eat literally every day of the year. Actually, it's about dreaming. What do you love to eat? (laughs) You know, what is it? What is it that you really want to eat? Do you want fresh salads every day? (gasps) Easy. Yeah. You know, do you want asparagus by the handful? Do you want garlic as big as your hand? Do you want the hottest (laughs) chilies, heritage apples unique to your county, you know, your part of the world? You know, new potatoes like you have never eaten them before. Sweet cherry tomatoes, delicious big plum tomatoes like you only find in Provence. Well, no, you could have them in your own garden too. (laughs) Asparagus, chard, you know, baby veg, baby seedlings of herbs, fiery rocket, yard-long beans. Oh, honestly, I go on. Honestly, this is the food that chefs fall over yeah, absolutely. to get their hands on. And it's it's in everyone's grasp. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And I think that's the key is thinking, what is it that I love to eat? Yeah. If you're just starting out, you can sometimes overreach yourself and go, mm-hmm. oh, I'll do a bit of this, bit of that, bit of, you know, pace yourself. Just think about what you love to eat and then choose five things right, that you good. really, really want to focus on. Because, you know, once you've got success with a couple of things, you know, you can build on that. So let's go back to basics for your next point, which is um, which is all about soil. And you say it's the engine of the garden. Tell us about good soil. Ah, oh, yeah. They say, there's a, <laughs> there's a saying, feed your soil and it will feed you. Do you know what? Soil is just this amazing science. The soil science that's being discovered now is it's like a new frontier. Mm. It, we know more about what's at the depths of the ocean than we know what's under our feet. And they're only now discovering these millions of microorganisms that live there. And this sort of web of fungi that connects plants and gives them health. And 
There's this phrase that's going around from that from soil scientists now called the wood wide web, okay. and it's and it indicates this whole network that's going yeah. on under our feet, where literally trees, roots, and fungi are interlinking and communicating with each other in this completely unknown way until relatively recently. Wow. And this is why there's a whole movement now for no dig growing. Because, yeah. you know, the minute you put your spade in, you dig up that ground, you're tearing up these linked networks that are going on between people, or not between people, between plants rather, yeah. a bit like we do between people on, yeah. and, you know, on the internet. Uh, and so no dig gardening is a different approach. Oh, and it's you. a really successful one, uh, whereby you lay good nutrition and nourishment in the form of compost or it's often known as soil conditioner or, or mulch. You'll be buying it as, as that. You lay it onto your soil and the organisms in the soil bring it down into the earth and make your make your ground really, really healthy. And if you put young plants into healthy soil, yeah. they can't help but grow. If you put... If you put plants into sort of unnourished and unloved soil, it's a bit hard and a bit neglected and full of builder's rubble and so on, then they're going to struggle. And when they struggle, plants don't thrive. They won't be as productive. They won't yield as many fruits or veggies. So feed your soil. That's your start point. And yeah. it's, it's you know, if you want to get into the science, fine. But just the basics are just keep giving it good nutrition. Yeah. And that's the, the basis of all success. I love that. Um, another building block is the seed. I mean, growing from seeds can scare people. It scares me because it seems quite daunting. But you said it's, it doesn't have to be as complicated as that. No, no, exactly. I mean, I, I love seeds. I mean, they are literally like a, a real world miracle. Yeah. I mean, I've been growing seeds for years and I still love it. Still love that process. You hold them in your hand. It's like a little dried husk. You think, what is this? Well, but it's full of promise. It's you are literally sowing something that's full of optimism, hope for tomorrow, and <laughs> and and it's going to turn into a plant that's going to feed you too. So it's yeah. it's it's amazing. It kind of plays your brain really. But um, all seeds really need is a bit of warmth, a bit of light, and a bit of water. Okay. Uh, and you know little ratios of all of that. But uh, that's all it needs. The, these are pre-programmed by nature to grow. It's us that gets in the way. Right. So it's, you know, so um, if you try and sow a lot of these things outdoors in the cold, you know, um, in the dry or in the dark, uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't work, work very well. Seed sowing is something where you want to kind of give it a lovely warm environment to start with because that, that warmth okay. underneath it is what gets seeds going in yeah. their compost. So always indoors to begin with or in a... In a yeah, as a rule of thumb indoors. Yeah. Um, I would buy, you know, some things are sold as essential kit for seed yeah. sowing. But, you know, you can get by with a basic tray yeah. and and buy a heated mat. And you might think okay. that's a bit geeky, but actually <laughs> it's a really good essential thing. You can put it under any pot or any tray. You can buy them on Amazon, on the internet, whatever. Uh, really easy just to roll out plug in and it gives you that little bit of heat that sparks the seed into life yeah. once you've watered it and put it in the compost and so on and so on. Uh, and that little start in life, that little heat just gets things going. Yeah. But the thing to say is, because here we are in the depths of winter, yeah. seed sowing is really a spring activity. You know, what we're, what we're talking about right now is plan what you want to sow, buy your seeds, have a look at the seed packets, get your kit, prepare your ground as well, Already. you know, put put prepare to sort of put your veg patch uh, or your fruit patch in ideally the sunniest 
patch of your garden because uh, that's what they generally like. Yeah. And then get your seed kits and understand how it works. Just, again, there's a million good uh, videos on YouTube or on GardenersWorld.com or RHS that will tell you how to do it. Yeah. Um, but just get a little bit familiar with it. But but honestly, you don't need a huge amount of kit. Keep it simple. But seed wants to grow. That's the most important yeah. thing. When you see those tiny little sprouts coming out of the soil, that, that is the promise, isn't it? That there's something good to come. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, and then and then the secret is just to keep it growing. Never let it get checked. Never get let it get held back. You just keep planting it on. Yeah. So like if you want to grow tomatoes, and that's probably the most grown, yeah. uh, you know, fruit or is it fruit? Is it veg? Whatever. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's the most grown uh, edible in this country, uh, probably across the world, actually, for a good reason. You should reckon on once you've sown the seed and it gets to a couple of inches high, yeah. I'd probably allow it to be about four inches high or so. Then you want to pot it on into another pot. Yeah. Let it grow on again, let it put roots out through the bottom of the pot, put it on another time again, because the sturdier your plant is when you put it outside into the you know open air in the ground, then the better it is for its success. Yeah. If you're lucky enough to have a greenhouse, not that lots of people don't, but if you are lucky enough to have a greenhouse, you probably only need to put it on once. So, But, you know, so when you're sowing a seed, you've got a little process to go through before you get okay. the plant itself. But it's worth it. Yeah, it really that. is worth it. Hold that dream in head yeah. in your mind. It's <laughs> <laughs> great advice. Okay. Um, something that's all on our minds at the moment is frost because it's freezing here. But um, you were going to tell us why frost is your friend in the garden. Yes, it is. Well, in the winter, it certainly is. It does all sorts of things. It does all sorts of things, actually, to sort of cleanse ground okay. and kind of kill things off and kill off, you know, any kind of fungi or diseases or whatever that that, that that might attack your plant or might be good bad for your plants. But it's also really good for certain veg. Yeah. Because I, I love the fact that sugar is a natural antifreeze and the frost prompts the plants to think, uh-oh, I'm kind of under attack here. So plants will generate that little bit more sugar through the through their leaves in order to prevent the oh, wow. prevent the frost from, from damaging them. So it is like nature's own antifreeze. So that's why you get all the sweet root veg like carrots and parsnips exactly, and exactly. beetroot. Exactly. Wow. Well, you know, so kale is delicious, yeah. broccoli is delicious, carrots, parsnips, celeriac, swedes, savoy, cabbage, all of those are really are really frost hardy and yeah. actually benefit from it you know well we know that with parsnips they just taste sweeter you know at christmas yeah. uh you know through the depths of winter so those are really good doers and if you've got them in your garden already brilliant that means you've you've already planned ahead yeah um the thing to know about frost though is it can very much damage leafy plants okay so if you're growing spinach and chard you might well see them wilt a bit but then don't lose heart because actually spinach and chard are Actually, quite hardy, and the core of the plant will remain. Okay, so they'll healthy. come back. Just you, you're not going to get great pickings off it after a heavy frost, but it will come back again. Okay. So, so yeah, it's it's nothing to fear, and in fact, it's definitely something to welcome. And from frosty things to hot things, chilies. I know you're a big fan, and why they benefit from sowing in the winter. Yeah. Okay. So. I was saying earlier, you know, don't rush into your sowing your seeds. But there are a few things that really do benefit from it. Uh, and chilies, well, in this country, with our kind of day lengths and so on, uh, you're not likely to be cropping chilies until August, maybe September. Mm -hmm. So you want to give those chili plants as good a start as you possibly can. So, yes, yeah, sow them in February. Yeah. 
that's the time to start sowing. And you do need a bit of heat on those. Uh, and that way you've got really strong, sturdy plants by about May. Uh, and they're building up and building up all of their strength. And then they can start fruiting from sort of July onwards. So, But yeah, an early start with chilies is important. But um, the thing about chilies is I love it. You've got so many options to choose varieties. from. Varieties. So many varieties. Little ones that are more like <laughs> colourful house plants and just nice to maybe pickle, you know, or jalapenos or habaneros or, I mean, I love scotch bonnets. Yeah, me too. I love them. That fruity kind of hot flavour. Delicious. Fiery, yeah. spicy. That's that's what I love. I yeah. mean, padron peppers, if yeah. you like that kind of Russian roulette of not yeah. working and out. And also what... they're really expensive to buy, so they're a great one to grow, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 don't, know what, I don't know what you do with them, but I mean, when I've got them and I, you always end up with far too many yeah. in about October, November. Well, I bring them into the house as well, keep them in a really cool place, but you can grow them on like houseplants. Can There's you? no reason why wow. you should just think, oh, it's the end of it. Yeah. I mean, some people really kind of do look after them uh, all the way through the winter, take all the fruit off uh, and then start it into life again in the spring. But I mean, I've, I think, you know, it's, a, it's an awful lot of work, to be honest, when yeah. actually if you can just get around to sowing it in February, uh, then, you know, the world's your oyster. You can choose from so many different types. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Another classic winter crop, my grandma used to grow this, is rhubarb. And you've got a, and I know it's, I think, I believe it's quite easy to grow. I'm saying that because, you know, I've, I know quite a lot of people grow it at home. But um, you've got a little trick for improving it. Yes, yes. But you know what? Whenever you move into a house, you take it over, particularly if you take it over from, I don't know, you know, an elderly. This is our first house. We bought a, we bought a house, tiny house, but with a brilliant garden. Yeah. I couldn't wait to get gardening. And the two things we inherited was an apple tree oh, nice. which was delicious <laughs> and a rhubarb plant yeah. and I bet that's so true with so many people rhubarb plants were planted all over in the kind of like 60s and 70s yeah. and 80s and whatever and, and then there's been a revival of them recently with different types and varieties but you might look at it and think oh what am I going to do with it you know these great big sticks of green green like really sour rhubarb yeah, yeah. Actually, I really, I really <laughs> so like that I. I really like it I like I love it baked and you know but you can improve it for yeah. sure. You know, we all pay a fortune come February for that beautiful thin pink yeah. stem, hopefully from Yorkshire, quite often from Holland. Uh, mm. But, you know, try and buy from Yorkshire if you can. Um, but if you've got a rhubarb plant, yeah, all you need is a big black dustbin and just put it over it. And trapping it in there in the warmth and the darkness. Okay. It's the darkness that then means the stems will send up these long, thin, etiolated stems, which uh, are, are trying to reach up to light. I feel a bit sorry for it. <laughs> well, that, fair enough, because actually, if you do that every year, yeah. it will exhaust the plant. Yeah, you've got to So be it's better to give it a year and then a year off. Okay. Year, one year on, one year off. So really, the ideal is to have a couple of rhubarb plants in your yeah. garden and kind of give them years off. But, um, but you know, the whole Yorkshire Triangle thing about the specialists where yeah. they grow rhubarb, you can literally grow, go into one of their sheds and almost hear the rhubarb growing by candlelight. 
You know, you go in with a candle so the whole shed is kept in darkness. And it's just phenomenal. Rhubarb wants to grow. So yeah. even putting a great big bucket over it uh, won't won't kill it, won't harm it. It's just it needs a rest. Yeah. But it's worth it for those pink stems. Delicious. Oh God, I love that. Um, something else we can get in the ground in the winter is garlic. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that. Well, we always think of garlic as that, you know, essential Provencal great big knuckles of it you see it markets and yeah. things but you know you could have that too it's it's it is an easy crop to grow uh here in the uk you just got to give it a little bit more light than you know you can't tuck it away under a tree or anything but um it wants light it wants a bit of heat uh, and it will do better in a warm summer yeah um there's hard neck and soft neck types of garlic okay i didn't know that <laughs> yeah so so do you know what there's a brilliant garlic farm on the isle of wight yeah you must go to it and in fact anyone anyone it's almost worth a trip to the isle of wight just to they go do, and see. they've got tomatoes there as well haven't they those fantastic tomatoes in the isle of well the wight. isle of wight is the sunniest part of the yeah. UK, so they grow the most amazing yeah. things. You know, never mind Jersey and the royal but and the potatoes, but um, the Isle of Wight tomatoes are phenomenal, yeah. and the garlic is phenomenal too. And they've developed all sorts of garlic to grow in the UK. It also grows very well in the in Eastern Europe, so you'll see lots of sort of Eastern European names as well for garlic. Uh, so, and they're very often better suited to growing in our conditions than than the ones that come from the Mediterranean. Wow! So you could go to the Mediterranean. Know, buy a lovely garlic, think I like this, and plant it. But it's probably not best suited for growing in UK conditions, which are colder and wetter. So uh, something that's bred for this country or bred for Eastern Europe is better grown here, and you'll have more success with it. Um, hardneck is uh, a little trickier to grow. Uh, it's delicious. Uh, softneck is also easy to is easier to grow yeah uh, and in terms of storage maybe it doesn't store quite so well um, because it's just about the way uh, it kind of dries out and obviously best storage is, is a dried bulb but okay. I love eating fresh garlic as well yeah in, in July and August again quite hard to buy unless you go and seek it out at a specialist supermarket so you can grow garlic that'll give you uh, a delicious crop like right from peak garlic moment in sort of July all the way through and if you uh, if you are able to grow the hardneck varieties yeah. just, just google them and see what you like the sound of really uh, then you can still order them and still get them in the ground but make sure you've got them in the ground ideally by the end of February okay because they do like a bit of cold as well as a bit of heat okay. you know and actually in more extreme temperatures in, in sort of Provencal hills they get it gets very cold there too yeah, so you're mimicking that kind of action but uh, oh it's worth it for that just fresh first burst of a garlic bulb Fantastic. love it love just don't be around me when I've eaten a bit <laughs> of garlic in the summer <laughs> so we talked a lot about things that you know take a while to grow getting them in early and letting them leaving them for a while but then there's something delicious that we can grow fast and indoors as well for people who don't even have a garden tell us about that uh, well we've all probably as kids grew cress yeah oh it's, yeah it's the same idea in an egg so it, it looks like Hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a potato head, but, but yeah. in an egg. But you know, there's now all sorts of microgreens that you yeah, can buy. Microgreens, and... very trendy. Again, chefs, chefs love them. Oh, I know. I mean, <laughs> I was lucky enough to go to Le Manoir, so Raymond Blanc's place, and he's got the most amazing yeah. garden. If you're ever lucky enough I've to, been, I've been, I've, I've been lucky enough to go, and it was, it was just, it's mind blown. It's beautiful as well. I mean, it's so well kept, isn't it? It's amazing. He's got, he's got so many gardeners. Yeah, and he says, you know. 
know the biggest pest in the garden are the chefs because they go out <laughs> and, they, and they can't resist. <laughs> and, and why I mention them is because he's got a whole uh, kind of greenhouse dedicated to micro herbs and micro greens. And they can grow them really quickly. And they're, the point is anyone can do it. You yeah. do not need a greenhouse. In fact, they're very often better grown on a kitchen windowsill. And in fact, you can buy whole kits you know, just little kits that you can sit on your windowsill. Uh, and, you know, it's it's a glorified form of, uh, you know, kitchen roll and water. Yeah. Um, make sure you buy the seeds that are not too um, processed. So okay. if you're growing outside, sometimes you get seeds that got, that's got coating on it, which just helps uh, seed grow outdoors uh, and be protected against the worst of weather conditions. If you're growing microgreens, you want the pure seed. Uh, and so it's easiest to go off to a garden centre and look for a packet that says microgreens. And there's literally dozens of things that you could be growing, uh, all sorts of flavours. And you've basically got a tiny form of that bigger, you know, whatever it is that you want to grow. So any sort of herb, you know, sort of corianders, um, brassicas, you just get that little pink, red orach is one of my favourites. Just You get all these lovely flavours in really tiny form. Yeah. And then they're perfect sprinkling. Uh, and, you know, so you don't need to add a lot of seasoning. That's what I love about yeah, any sort of Yeah, because like, there's a lot of, like, you know, peppery ones or, like, citrusy, aren't they? So they've got that. It's like seasoning your dish with a little bit of green. Exactly. Leaf. I mean, I love mustards. Yeah, mustard too. So, um, you know, and particularly in a winter dish, a winter salad or whatever, just mm. it's, it's just amazing. But you can literally have, you could be picking within five to eight days. Wow. And you said winter's really a prime planting time. So you were going to tell us how to get started and a few tips on like bare root, planting, pruning, etc. Tell us a bit about that. Again, it, it kind of sounds a bit sort of, oh, a bit scary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the end, you dig a hole, you stick a plant in it and cover it over again and let it grow. I yeah. mean, you know, if you love fruit, yeah. Um, and, you know, who doesn't? And it's just such a sort of great, it's a great thing to do with, you know, your first ever house, let's say, or your first kid or whatever. You know, there's a lovely moment to sort of plant something. Yeah. Um, and, but just get a garden. You know, what do you want to put in it? You want some height, you want some structure and you want some productivity. Yeah. And so the first thing really anyone should plant is a sort of, is an apple tree, I think, of some sort, because, you know, what's not, to, if, unless you hate apples, of course. Um, <laughs> but, you know, apples are just such a go-to. And, you know, we spend a fortune on apples yeah. in our supermarkets and the range of choice. Well, you could probably count on one hand how many options of apple you might get. Yeah. And, you know, there are something like, Oh, there are there are thousands of apples. I mean, certainly in cultivation, there are hundreds of apples that you could choose from. Yeah. And so you can choose an apple. Maybe it's particular to you, your family, your county, uh, your interest, uh, you know, just some crazy names, you know, this things like the bloody butcher. <laughs> like, where does that name come from? Um, uh, names, apples that are named after counties, named after people, and then all the kind of classic coxes. But then the coxes orange pippins and all the sort of uh, byproducts of those and the kind of breeding that comes from those into different, um, you know, improved forms of yeah. apple. And it's just, you know, your choice is amazing. You can have apples that taste like apples or melons or lemons or, you know, you have limitless choice and you know so everyone should really have an apple in their back garden and you can put it in a pot as well where would people where's the best place to buy them is it i mean is, is there like specialist places that do these kind of varieties that you would you know favor over like say just going to your garden center to buy one you know what a lot of garden centers now are, are really 
really trying to build on you know, they, what they yeah. have. So a garden centre is a great place to start okay. and get advice. Yeah. Uh, but there are lots of, uh, well, I say lots, there, there are a lot of fruit specialists online. Yeah. Uh, um, but you could probably click a collect and, or, or talk to them on the phone. It's really nice to just actually go to go a specialist and, yeah. and go and talk to them because yeah. these guys have been growing fruit for years and they know exactly, if you go to them to say, I've got this, you know, I've got maybe a slightly shady garden or I've only got a pot uh, that I can grow it in because I want to take it with me when I move or whatever, they'll find you the plant on the right rootstock that'll suit your situation. And a rootstock basically is uh, something on an apple that dictates how big the apple gets. Oh, And it's a really key part of choosing your apple. Uh, And the more specialist place you go to, the more options you'll get. But Mm. in the end, it's a bit like anything that you're growing. Decide what you want from your apple uh, and there will be an apple there for you yeah. <laughs> to grow, for sure. Uh, and the reason why now is a good time to plant is in the in, in the wintertime, uh, woody plants are dormant. Uh, so it's a great time to get it established. Yeah. Uh, there's not too much stress on it because it's not putting out lots of leaves. Uh, it'll just take a bit of time. Roots will, once they hit earth uh, and a little bit of moisture, they'll start to grow. Okay. And they'll put their roots down. Uh, as, uh, and it, literally, that's what's happening. They're putting their roots out. And then in the spring, they will start to put some leaves out. And that's how they'll start to take up energy from the sun. But at first, it's all about getting the roots down. Getting it in there and getting yeah. it happy yeah. in its new home. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And a tip would be try not to take, try not to let it grow too many fruit in the first year. Okay. Let, let any tree, you know, it, it, it almost seems like sacrilege, but take almost everything off. Uh, in the first year, it just oh, really? because it will pay it mean pay you back. Yeah. It will mean that you've got a stronger tree that's putting more energy into its roots and its structure than into its fruit. Yes. And then year two, then you can start taking some fruit. So what does that mean practically? That you let it grow and then it you 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 don't allow you take it them to... off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see these little apples forming. In oh, and you just June. take them off before they've got big, yeah. so yeah. it's not spending its energy yeah. making them yeah, bigger. Yeah. Okay. But it's always nice to leave at least one or two. Just to prove that it's working. Look, I've got something. I've got something. But um, I know that's 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 yeah. that's quite tricky sometimes. But yeah. you know, it's the same with any tree fruit. Really, it's just let it get established. Yeah. Take a year or two to get established, and then and then pick away. You know, the better start you give anything, yeah. any plant, the more it'll repay you. I love your last one, Lucy, which is the garden is your gateway to the good life. Tell us about that. Yeah, I think, uh, well, if you're of a certain age, you'll remember uh, Felicity Kendall and the good life in the <laughs> 1970s. And I loved that program. And it's, but it was all about eccentricity. Yeah. And it's like hair Because shirt. they were growing their own stuff. Yes, they exactly. were like mad. It they was were crazy completely thing. crazy, you know, and everyone thought them crazy. And they were doing their own thing. Yeah. And they were isolated. You know, in a way, it was all very funny. But if you look at it, they were they were kind of on their own, doing yeah. their own thing, completely at odds with the rest of the world around them. Yeah. The good life now, to me, doesn't mean that. It's about. It's not about self-sufficiency, scratch from the ground no. and bad eating. It's actually, it's a reverse. It's opening up and joining other people across the, you know, literally across the world these days. There are so many kind of forums and groups who, who kind of... On Instagram, just look at look at what happens on Instagram. I yeah. you know I love Instagram for that because everybody loves to share what they're doing. The good life is connecting with nature. It's um, putting back more than you've taken, uh, and and you know in a garden setting that really does mean feeding the earth, putting in plants that you love, tending it, being a part of the seasons and the cycle, yeah. seeing a garden and a space through three hundred and sixty five days of the year. 
you know, and then you start seeing what else is sharing my garden with me. You know, if you have a healthy garden, you'll have wildlife. Yeah. You'll have things you can't see. You'll have things that only birds or hedgehogs can see. You'll yeah. have worms. You'll have beetles. You'll have the most amazing nature reserve at your back door. And you'll have birds. And that's when we when people start to notice, oh, there's wildlife in my garden. Yeah. Because but birds are quite big. You know, and birds are coming in to eat on other things. But birds will come in and eat on green fly and they'll eat things that you're thinking is attacking your broad beans or your or, or, or whatever you're growing. You know, um, don't worry about it. Bring in wildlife. Bring yeah. in that whole nature and cycle <coughs> yeah. because that's a healthy space. Don't use chemicals. Use the wildlife around you and your own observations to tend the healthier space. And then that really is giving something back. Yeah. So for me, that's the good life. And you get tomatoes at the end of it too. What's not to love? <laughs> and apples after a couple of years. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Those are really wise words to end on. Thank you so much for all the brilliant advice you've given today, Lucy. Um, where can people keep up with what you're doing? Where's the best places at Instagram? It is Instagram, yes. And I must. I, I, I always think... Oh, this is brilliant. I take so many photographs yeah. of the garden and just amazing things. And then, of course, it's you get in, you start eating. Yeah. <laughs> I promise I'll post more. But yeah, I'm on Instagram, Lucy Hall underscore zero one. And uh, I promise I'll post more from my garden. Thank you. Thank you so much again for talking to us today. No problem. Enjoy winter. It's there to be grasped. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Lucy. Thank you for listening to the Olive Podcast. For recipes and more information, head to olivemagazine.com. Do remember to listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where our guests reveal their best cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. And don't forget to subscribe at iTunes, Acast, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>